1: praise the Lord, everyone. Apostle Gil Burgos here from Gil Burgos Ministries. We are, again, picking up on our second study here as far as the healing and deliverance ministry. Um, Today we'll be discussing identifying your spiritual authority. If you have your notes in front of you, we see that we are, again, going to a different section here. Now, what we're going to be looking at here is interesting that when you get into uh, conquering the enemy and all these things that you want to... um, Fight in the spirit, there's a different type of um, territory that God is going to put you in because He knows where you are spiritually. He's not going to throw you to the wolves because He knows exactly how much you can handle and He knows how much you can deal with. God will never set you up for failure. He will always prepare you and put you in position, the right position. So wherever you live right now, your state, your city, your town, or wherever you may be, You at the right place at the right time for the right season. So again, when we put God puts us as an apostolic person to a position or a place or wherever He puts us, you're going to notice that things will start to rise up within your community, your church, wherever you live, wherever you go to the market. Things will happen. God will begin to bring people in your walk, and some of people have probably been experienced that already. You know, when you're going to the grocery store, when you're going to church again, when you're going here and there, God will set things up because he knows exactly why you need to, uh, what is it that you need to do. So he prepares us, not only you but me as well. He prepares us for the battle, and he equips us for the battle. But we have to identify our spiritual territory. We have to know that where we are at is a designated place where God has put us. So when we look at our first verse here, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, what we're gonna look at, we're gonna see different things. Now, I'm gonna be jumping over a little bit all over the place, but you have your notes so you can follow me. So when you look at identifying your spiritual sort, tar- we see the first thing is this: every believer can move supernaturally. Okay, now you gotta understand that every believer, not not some, every believer. Could move supernaturally. You can move supernaturally. I'm already moving supernaturally. Some of you already doing it. Some of you are afraid to. You're not sure, but you have to step out in faith and begin to move supernaturally. The reasons, reason why is this: God has appointed you in your spiritual territory, so you can exercise your spiritual gift and pull forth the uh, the um, the anointing of God that is on you in that place, in that city, in that town, in that region. Because I said before. It has been set up already. God has set you up. You just don't realize it, but sometimes you say, well, why does this happen? Why? Because God ordained it. It's been ordained since the foundations of the world. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to go down to verse 7. And this is a a verse that we went over and over in our last class, but I'm going to read verse 7. And I also have the Amplified here. I'm going to read in the Amplified. And it says here in the King James, but the manifestation of the Spirit, is given to every man to profit with all. Okay, the amplified it says this, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, watches the spiritual illumination and the enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good. If you, I'll read it again if you don't have the translation. It says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. The spiritual illumination and enabling of the Holy Spirit. When it talks about the manifestation, there are two things that come into play here, according to the Amplified. There's, a, there's an awakening, there's enabling, and there's the Spirit of God that comes into place, And there's the spiritual illumination, the light bulb comes out, you see? The light bulb goes off, you see? So, when God gives that to you, there is a revelation so far that's that has been given to you. You know what to do. But the problem is what we're to do. We're not acting upon the illumination or the manifestation of the Spirit that God has given us. You see? Now, when we look at our, 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 our insights here, we look at this. we see here that says following. Every believer has been given something that will advance the kingdom of God. You see? Every believer has something that will advance the kingdom of God we have to realize that we're here on this earth to advance the kingdom of God we a lot of people don't realize that you have people sitting around churches week after week month after month year after year and they don't even know that their purpose their plan is to advance the kingdom of God when Jesus was on the earth he was kingdom minded he wanted to get that into his disciples because they had not a clue they came out of from different trades. They were they were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were people that were righteous zealots and what have you. They came from all walks of life, but still, no. He wanted to instill in them that the kingdom of God is at hand, and the kingdom of God is in you, is in me. You see, so our purpose and our plans as we identify spiritual territory, is to advance the kingdom of God. Okay, are you follow me? Okay, now next, every believer is given the opportunity, as I said before to manifest the life and power of the Spirit of God. As I said before, we open up this session. You can't hear me. Oh, okay. All right. Now let me go here.
0: I can hear you, Apostle. You you can hear me? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Crystal said she couldn't hear me. I need to find out from Tony. Tony, unmute your phone and and, uh, let me know if you can hear me. I can hear you. Okay. okay, and that was Crystal. Okay, okay. never mind. Okay. Let's carry on. Crystal, you have to come back. I think what's, it's Jerry Aran. She can't hear me. I thought it was everyone. Okay, let's go back to the to the insights. Every believer is given the opportunity to manifest the life and power of the Spirit of God, like I mentioned before. Every believer is called to be an ambassador of heaven, and an ambassador of heaven. Now, what is an ambassador? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it really quick here, so we can look at it right now. The definition of an ambassador is this: an accredited diplomat sent by a country and its official representative to a foreign country. I'm gonna repeat that. Look in the word. Look in the Webster's dictionary when you have the opportunity. As far as ambassador, it is an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative. to to a foreign country, if we take that and put it to kingdom principles, and the, uh, the thing that God has installed, okay, so Chris, so um, everybody's hearing you, but you're not, so you have to try to fix that, if you can, at your end, because everybody's okay here. Okay, so again, that's what an ambassador is. So when we read the notes here, it says, every believer is called to be an ambassador of heaven. Now, we look at Second Corinthians 5 and verse 20, you have it in your notes, but I'll just read it to you. It says, Now when then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Be ye reconciled to God. But again, look in the first verse in Second Corinthians five twenty, it says here that we are ambassadors for Christ. So when we read in the Amplified, we see it says this. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. Uh, we as Christ's representatives plea with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. You see, so with authority as an ambassador, the gospel has to be preached. You see, so when we preach the word and we preach as, as we share the gospel to those who don't believe, we are ambassadors for Christ. And again, as you just, if you're just uh, coming back on, the ambassador is someone who was sent. God looks at us as the official representatives of heaven to a foreign land, to a foreign country. What is the country? The country is this world. In a general standpoint, it's everything around us, you see? But we are not of this world. Like Jesus said, the Bible says, we are not of this world. But still and all, we are living in this world. But still in all, we represent heaven and we bring into the earth something that's foreign that they don't know about, you see? So we have to understand when it comes to healing and deliverance, it's something that we're taking from the heavenly realms, we're bringing it into the earth, because the earth is not focused on what God wants to do and who he is. Most people are anti-Christ. A lot of people are anti-Bible. A lot of people don't even believe there's a heaven and a hell. But that's that's, that's between them and God. And eventually uh, they will come to a realization of who God is, but it's through us. It is through us that we... Proclaim what God is, who he is, healing, deliverance, what have you. Okay. Now, when we look at our, our insights also, we notice this. Every believer needs to be equipped and prepared for apostolic ministry. Every believer needs to be equipped equipped and prepared for apostolic ministry. As I said before in our first session, that the church is apostolic, but most of them don't know that already. You see? But every believer, again, needs to be equipped and prepared. Equipped and prepared. A prayer for what? A prayer for apostolic ministry. And we see this in Ephesians 4.11. And the, the offices are here mentioned, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Amen? But when we read in the Amplified, it says it like this. And his gifts to the church were varied, and he himself appointed some as apostles, which are special messengers and representatives. I'll stop right there. And, he, and his gifts to the church were varied, and he himself, God, appointed some as apostles. What? Special messengers and representatives. Now, in this text, it's talking about an office of an apostle. But still and all, we have an apostolic mandate. We all have an apostolic mission. We all are special messengers. We are all our are representatives. Just because you're, a, you're not an apostle doesn't mean you don't have to be apostolic. You understand me? Again, I'll say that. Just because you're not an apostle as an office functioning as one, it doesn't necessarily mean you know, you're not apostolic or you're not to function as an apostolic person or person or Christian or what have you. You see, we have to take out the apostolic mindset as we, begin, as we begin to read the New Testament. From the Gospels all the way to the end of the, of the, of the book of Revelation is all apostolic. Jesus was the first apostle. He's the chief apostle. until the very end, so you come to the book of Revelation, then you'll see that he's apostolic. He's always reaching out, reaching out, even to the churches. He, when, he's, uh, when John's getting the revelation of all the seven churches, Jesus is giving him something to say. Because he can't be here on the earth no more, so what did he do? He tells them, tell my people. Tell the church, write the letters. You see, so since God, is, since Jesus ascends to heaven, He sends us as His representatives. Hallelujah! So we are representatives. We are ambassadors. And we are sent forth to go into territories, to go into reasons, to operate in the gifts of all these gifts that we have in the in the manifestation of healing and deliverance. Okay. So let's go on. Every believer has a spiritual servant. So as I mentioned before, God has set you up. Where you are right now, where you live, is where you're supposed to be. Some people, I don't want to be where I'm at. Well, this is where God has you because if you're a child of God, you're living uh, according to his purposes and principles. You're living to where he wants you to do, where he wants you to be. We are not our own. We will born with a price. The minute we said yes to Jesus, we handed over our will, our lives are over to God. We have a free will, yes, but still in all, God has maneuvered our way of getting into a perfect land and a perfect position in him. Now, let's look at the key verse here, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, if you have your notes. Let's look at that verse right now. In the New King James, it reads like this. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but with the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. For we are not overextending ourselves, as though our authority did not extend to you. For it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope, that is, your faith, is increased. We shall be greatly enlarged by you in our spirit fear to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's fear or accomplishment now look at the verse again in verse 15 i want to look at it really again not boasting of things beyond measure that is another man's labors but having hope that as your faith is increased you see so faith is a thing is that can be increased you see, some people think that faith stops at a certain limit. No, faith can go up, faith can come down, but it's with a faith that we able to operate in apostolic calling. Hallelujah! You see, so as your faith is increased, the more you have more faith, God is able to enable you in your in your gifts, your calling, and the territory that He has assigned you. You see, because you have to step up to a level of faith, because every region. Every city, every town that he has put you in, there is a level of faith that has to be elevated to operate in that territory. Are you hearing me? You see? So once we get that, we are able to move forward. And I believe that you, are, you already have that, because if you didn't have that, you wouldn't be where you are. Amen? And he says here in verse 16 again, To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast another man's fear or a compliment. We don't boast in another man's compliments. We boast in the things that God has established. Now, I wanna I wanna look at that in the Amplify. I wanna turn there. You don't you don't have to you don't. I wanna look at that um, verse. I'm gonna read it there also. I wanna see what it says. I've never done it here in the Amplify, but I'm gonna look at it. In verse 15. It says, "We do not go beyond our profit limit, boasting in the work of other men, but we have the hope that is in your as your faith in Christ." As his divine power continues to grow, our field among you may be greatly expanded, but still within the limits of our commission. That's powerful. You see, there is a limit. There's a limitation of where you can go with your apostolic gift. You have to get that. Because the reason why many ministries fail and don't succeed, because they get beyond their borders. You see, they are out of their jurisdiction. Everything, as I said before, has a jurisdiction when it comes to the principle of heaven. Listen, God said to go into all the world. Yes, He did. But still, in all, there is a dimension, is a fear of boundary of where you are to go. You don't exceed your boundaries because you're not you're not authorized to do so. You have the power, but if you happen to be there, it happens. So be it. But don't go out to places you don't belong. I'll give you an example. I get countless invitations to go overseas. Come here come to Africa, come come to India, come to this, come to that place, fine. I I thank you for that. But guess what? God has not told me to do so. You see? And if I do so, I'm stepping out of his will. Because the Lord had told me. He said, listen, don't accept these invitations that they want to take you overseas. Because if you do so, you're stepping out of my will. I have not called you to go in those places yet. You see? Stay where you're at in the United States for now. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. You see, so if I walk out of my territory, it's it's going to change things. You see, is your jurisdiction? What do I mean by jurisdiction? For example, when you're on driving on the road, and there's highway patrol, yes, they are the ones that are authorized to pull you over for speeding. But if a city cop gets on the highway, he doesn't have the authority to pull you over unless you're doing something crazy, like you're killing somebody. You have somebody in your car with a gun something dramatic that he has no choice but to get involved. But for the most part, if you're on a highway and you're speeding, he doesn't have the right to stop you. He doesn't have the jurisdiction. He can just look at you and just say, make sure you're not hurting yourself or anyone in the car. You see? He doesn't overstep his boundaries. Now watch this. When we go in, again, when we receive our assignment, we have to know where we belong. We can't step out of our boundaries. We can't go beyond that. Because our anointing is not for that place. And when we operate in those places that we are not assigned to, we are operating in the flesh, and who knows what can happen. This is the reason why when sometimes when we do that, things don't transpire the way we want them to happen. People say, well, I was you know, I, I here, and I went there, and this didn't happen, and that didn't happen. Well, do you belong there? Um, I don't know. Well, you should know. Do, do you belong there? Why are you there? Are you there for God's purposes, or are you there to be recognized by men? You see? And most of the time, a lot of people, they just want to be recognized by men, and that's why they go where they go, and they accept every invitation, and the anointing is not with them. God is there. God is everywhere. Yes, God is with us all at all times, but the anointing is something that has to resonate and has come into a meeting. This is the reason why we go to some places and you don't feel the presence of God because they have taken the Holy Ghost and said, we don't need you here, we don't want you here, we don't want the miracles of God in here, we're just happy with our sermons and a little clapping, a little little song here and there, pass the buck and go home. That's where we're at right now, unfortunately, in the church. They have taken the Holy Ghost and said, see you later, go somewhere else, you're really not welcome here, come back when we need you, when we need you, okay? So let's move on. Now look at some insights here as far as, uh, as far as uh, the spiritual territory. The first thing is a metron. A metron. The strong number is 3358. You can look that up on blueletterbible.org. If you have a chance, just t- type in the verse. Second Corinthians 10 13. And you'll just see the verse. It says metron in the Greek. And it's basically what a metron is a measure. Oh, I'm getting some noise back there. Who's giving me noise? Vita, is that you? You're giving me some noise. A portion of measure, a determined extent, a measure, or limit. Again, a metron is a portion of measure, a determined extent, or a measure, or limit. Okay? And then we look at the word canon. Canon. The Strong's is 3583. When you get a chance, you can look it up yourself. We won't go into that right now. But what does it mean? One's sphere of activity, a divinely bounded or fixed space within the limits of, of which one's authority or influence is confined, confined. A province or region assigned to a person. You see? So that is a canon. A canon. I'm still getting a lot of noise from you, Vita. You may have to mute something over there. I'm hearing noise in your background. Every believer has a ministry assignment entrusted to them by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Your metron is a territory that God has measured out and given you responsibility for. Let's read that again. Your metron, my metron, is a territory that God has measured out and given you responsibility for. You may say, but what does this all have to do with healing and deliverance? It has a lot to do with it because what happens is we do things and we go places and do things, and sometimes they don't turn out the way we think they should be turning out. You see, and then we were why they didn't happen? Why didn't that person get healed? Why didn't that person get delivered? Why this? Why that? Because we sometimes, again, we're out of our jurisdiction. We're out of our vision. And I'm not saying that God can't grant you favor because He can. I'm not saying it's always going to be that way. For a good majority of the time, it may not work out the way we want it to work out. Okay. A metron, again, is a territory that God has measured out and given you responsibility for. So your responsibility is for that territory. Again, your metron is your ministry assignment and responsibility, your sphere of spiritual influence. I'll read it again. Your metron is your ministry assignment. And responsibility, your sphere of spiritual influence. We all have a Metron. We all do. A lot of Christians, all Christians have one, they just don't know what it is. Again, your Metron is a specific location where you have a physical presence and spiritual authority. I'll repeat that right there. Your Metron is a specific location where you have a physical presence or a spiritual authority. It could be a physical place, or a position of responsibility, or a group of people, or a group of people. If the Lord gives you the opportunity to have a small group of so Bible study, you have that is your metron. That is a group of people that you are responsible for. That is a group of people that your specific location, your territory, that you have authority for, because He has established it for you. So when it comes to people asking us, listen, can you start a Bible study in my, my house or can I, When you, will you start one? That's the Lord. He's trying to get your attention because he has established a metron in your atmosphere. And he wants you to have the people come over your house or wherever, your church or what have you, and begin to exercise the gift that is in you. Okay? Your metron, again, is a specific location. You have a physical presence and spiritual authority. Also, the Lord measures out you to a specific territory in which you can move in power and make the kingdom of God known. You see, like I had mentioned in my last session, that Pastor Yvonne went to Africa. But when she comes back, the Lord has told her to go back to Washington because there is, there is where she's supposed to be and exercise her gifts and her calling and expand the kingdom of God in that place, in that city in that town, in that region. Even where you live, you have a metron. Eventually, as God reveals it to you, you will see where is your metron. He will begin to show you, even through vision, through revelation, through the Word, through dreams, through the Spirit of God, He will tell you, this is where you belong. This is where I want you. This is what I want you to do. This is where you should be active. You shouldn't be just sitting around. Every person, again, in the church, the church is a people, not a building, mind you, Every person should know their metron. In the church, in the body of Christ, every person from the pastor all the way down to the guy that sweeps the floor should know their metron, their spiritual authority, where they belong, where they should be going, what they should be doing. Why? Because God has established one for every person. Okay, let's look at 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 15. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 15. It says, not boasting of things beyond measure that is in another man's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased we shall be greatly enlarged in our sphere, as we read before. Now, it says in the Amplified, again, we do not go beyond our proper limit, boasting in the work of other men, but we have the hope that is in your, is in your, your faith in Christ and His divine power continues to grow. Our fields among you may be greatly expanded, but still within the limits our commission. I'm going to read that again it says, this is powerful in the Amplified, verse 15. As it continues to grow, Paul says, Our field among you is greatly expanded. Our field among you is greatly expanded, but still within the limits of our commission. I hope you got that. Within the expansion, there is still a limit for the commission. I'll repeat that. Within. The expansion, there is still a limit to the commission. And it all coincides with what I've been saying. You see how orderly God is. He doesn't want you to go beyond you, You're beyond. Because there's, a, there's a, a, a level of grace imparted to you for the place that you are commissioned to go. There is a level of, of, of grace that God has instilled, bestowed upon you in the place that you are to be. There is a limitation within the confinement, within the commission of God has established since the foundations of the world. Why? Because God is orderly, and he knows how much you can take. He doesn't want to put you in a place that you don't belong so that you don't fail, so you don't get discouraged. Because if we go to places that we don't belong and we are not successful, the devil will take our minds and twist them into a doctrinal pretzel and make us think, we're not called. You don't belong here. Who do you think you are? You know you can't have no victory. Blah, blah, blah. The devil will put thoughts into your mind because you're in places you don't belong. Okay? Now, when we look at the text, look at the insights that we have in front of us. First, Paul clearly recognized his territory. The area of assignment and responsibility measured out by God to him. He recognized his territory. Two, Paul was careful not to go beyond his territory. There's a, we'll stop there for a moment. There's a, another text in the book of Acts that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit hindered him from going somewhere else. You see? So sometimes we get upset when we want to do things and go places and the doors are closed. And we get mad at God. We get mad at this. We get mad at people. We get mad at ourselves. But still in all, it was not a sign to you to go to that place in that person, that town, that city, that region, or that church. Why? Because that's not your metro, you don't belong there. And Paul had to learn the hard way. In some places, God had to imprison, let him be imprisoned. God had to close it down for Paul. Some places in some cities that he had to put him in prison. Sometimes allow it to happen so that he can go focus on penning the letters to the churches instead of doing all the acts, all the miracles, all the signs and wonders. Watch this. There's always a season to rest from all the excitement and focus on the the mandate God has assigned to you. Okay, There's always a season when we have all the stuff going on and the signs and miracles and wonders are happening, but there comes a time that comes to a halt that God says, okay, don't get, don't get beyond yourself. It's all well and good. I have called you, I have anointed you to do those things, but don't let that be the only thing you're focusing on. There are other things I want you to do. In Paul's case, it was to write the letters to the churches. This is the reason why, again, Paul went to, to prison. Because if he was too busy on the field, he would not be able to pen the letters of the New Testament. Have you seen that? Okay. So again, Paul was careful not to go beyond his territory. Going beyond your territory can empower evil spirits to operate with Clara. Oh my God. Going beyond your territory can empower evil spirits to operate in your city where you don't belong. Because every city, town, region, what have you, has a principality, a power in the air, who had dominion in that city, in that territory, in that town, because the people of people have given it to them. You see? The people in that area have turned themselves over to wickedness and evil to a point that the enemy has taken over that city. It's like every city, every town has good parts and bad parts. You'll notice that most crime is prevalent in the places that have drugs, murders, uh, people who steal, thieves, rape, all kinds of crimes that you see. Why? Because the evilness is prevalent there in the town, city or region. And there's an operation of spiritual evil spirits and there's an operation of witchcraft. Here in the Bronx there's plenty of that. I'm pretty sure where you live you have it as well. Okay, excellent point here. Every person has a mantra, a spiritual servitor, as I mentioned before. It is your responsibility and mine to identify your territory and to govern it. And to govern it. You see? Not to control it, but to govern it. Now, let's look at the word govern. What does that actually mean? Govern, the word govern basically means this to conduct the policy, actions, and affairs of a state, organization, or people. Again. The word govern is to conduct the policy, actions, and affairs of a state, organization, or people. So again, God wants you to govern. Govern it. Not take over, but govern it. Your territory includes everything over which God wants you to take responsibility. Your territory includes everything over which God wants you to take responsibility. Not something, but everything. You have the grace, you have the favor. So take over, take advantage. Now, your territory, your territory includes the following. Yourself, your spirit, mind, will, emotions, imagination, body, skills, spouse, relationship, your family, values, culture, training, discipline, boundaries. Your money, your finances, the management and growth of your finances, your home, maintenance, management, hospitality, your possessions, maintenance, management, your job, workplace, spiritual atmosphere, influence, your ministry, development and growth, your community, relationships, spiritual atmosphere, evangelism, justice, Wherever you are, you are walking you are a walking ambassador of heaven. Now do you see the authority of what you have, everything you have. You don't people don't realize that who they are in the kingdom of God. You are an ambassador of heaven. And everything that you we just read here is something that God has assigned to you. Everything you read here is what God has given to you. Look at the notation below the notes. It says A mature believer develops a strong sense of personal boundaries constantly aware of what he or she is responsible for and what he or she is not. I'm going to repeat that. A mature believer, not a, not a baby, not immature, a mature believer develops a strong sense of personal boundaries. It's important as mature believers, believers of Christ to sense the strong personal boundaries that God has instilled in our life, in our calling, our ministries, gifts, and what have you. And when we said, it said we have to constantly be aware of what we are responsible for and what we are not responsible for. So in other words, some of us take our responsibilities that we should not be taking on, you see? And what God wants us to do is take on the responsibility that he has given us, not someone else. You see, there's a difference. Some of us take on everything that people throw on our plate. We say, okay, and okay, and okay. This is the reason why people get burnt out. Because they take on so many things. And people will overload you with stuff because they don't know any better. People will constantly throw stuff at you. Help me do this, help me do that. Go here, go here, pray for this, pray for that, do this, do that. And all of a sudden you're so overwhelmed, you're so frustrated, you don't even have a time for your own personal life to refuel. You see? So God wants to be aware of what he wants us to be responsible for. It's like, for example, you're on the job and your your job to type out a report and a person comes to see you and tells me, oh, by the way, can you take it to the mail, to the post office and mail it? What would you say? Well, that's not my responsibility. I'm not, I'm not assigned to that. I'm here to type out the report. I'm not called to go to the post office and put in the letter in the mail. I'll do it, I'll do it as, a, as an act of kindness, but I'm not being paid for that. That's not my assignment. You see? So when it comes to Kingdom Principles, we have to realize the same thing. There comes a section, there comes a time that God gives you something to do, but we have to stay focused on that, that excitement and not go beyond what he wants us to do. For example, are you in a Kingdom Principle? You're in a church, and God has told you to be in that church and train up people. Maybe you have a little group there, and you're, you're preaching to them or you're teaching them, and all of a sudden the pastor will actually do something else. That you don't feel comfortable with, you know, and you'll say, "But why are you asking me to go out there and wash your car, or what have you? Or why are you asking me to go go buy you groceries?" Like I was saying about this yesterday about the armor bearers, how they take people take advantage of them. If I'm called to, to be in your church and to teach Bible study don't act me. I don't have to. I'll do it about an act of kindness if I want to. But don't try to tell me to read. I'm supposed to do this because I'm a member of your church. I'm not your slave. I'm here to be trained and be sent out. If you want an errand boy, go get somebody else. If you want an errand girl, get somebody else. If I do it, I do it out an act of kindness because I want to. But that's not my responsibility. Hello. My responsibility, because what God has told me to do, is to teach the Bible or sing or play an instrument or worship God. Whatever God has given me, my ministry in this church, that's my assignment. That's my Assignment. Okay, somebody sent a message here. Okay. Everything okay? All right. Now, let's look at your key responsibilities. Your key responsibilities. Look at Genesis 2 and verse 15. You have it right there in your notes. Then the Lord took the man, Adam, and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Look at that verse carefully. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. Note the location and to keep it. Note the assignment. There's a location and there's assignment. God always gives an assignment to a location and a location to an assignment. Come on now. You're preaching good, brother. God always gives an assignment to a location and a location to an assignment. They go hand in hand because God is a God of order. He's structured and he starts it from the very beginning from the book of Genesis. So you can see the structure or the organization of God. He always does the same thing. He's not different. He hasn't changed. He always does that. Now, look at the insides. Adam and Eve were entrusted by God with a territory to govern. They were given two primary responsibilities. To tend. What is tend? The Old Testament is five, six, four, seven. if you're looking up in the Strong Concordance. You can look it up also on BlueLetterBible.org. To tend is this. To serve, to work as an act of worship, to cultivate, or develop. Again, to serve, to work as an act of worship, to cultivate and develop. And then he tells them to keep, to keep it. From the Old Testament Strong's 8104 means what? To guard, to watch over, to protect from an enemy. You got to catch this. When it comes to your assignment and your location, you have to tend it and you have to keep it. All right, this was my headphone. Okay. You have to tend it, and you have to keep it. How do you keep it? You guard it. How do you guard it? You don't guard it in the physical. You guard it in the spiritual through prayer. You see? You guard it with acts of intercession as you pray, as you intercede, as you come against a strong man. You are beginning to guard your territory. Very important. When you begin to go into a region, a city, that God has in power which you go into, you have to guard it once you go in and take the strong man out. Oh, my God. I believe, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this one, in churches, there are places that the enemy has a stronghold in. Uh Uh-oh. And what is that stronghold? It's a religious spirit. It is a religious spirit that comes into a church and, and captivates everyone from the pulpit all the way back to the pew. And the only reason that spirit can be cast out is through prayer and supplication. And the only way we can keep it out is through prayer and supplication. We keep out the territory, the assignment, what God's given us. We keep out the strong man through prayer and supplication. Because what are we doing? We're we're keeping it. We're guarding it. We're watching over it. We're protecting it from everything that the enemy can't come in. You see, that's why it's important when you have a group of people who pray with you to keep your territory guarded, that nothing could come in. You see, the enemy's gonna come. He's gonna say, "I can't go there." Why? Because all these people are praying. The enemies all talk to each other. You say, they all praying. Yes, they all praying. We can't go in there. They, they, we just can't get in there. You see, if you look at the story of John Ramirez, a, a person I know him, he's a person that came out of witchcraft. Now he's a, a an evangelist. He's doing very well. He used to go to a church. He used to go to. I I, I knew him vaguely, but I, I knew who he was. I've seen him a few times. I spoke to him on the phone a few times, and he came out of witchcraft in Santeria, Santerismo, and he was a uh, high-ranking warlock in the faith in the, in the in the in the that witchcraft religion, Santeria. Eventually, God delivered him. You can look him on Google or YouTube. You'll see his story. It's a powerful testimony. But still, in all, he also spoke about that. When he was a, uh, a, a, a warlock, he was able to take his body, his spiritized body, and go places and transport his, his spirit and go places. It's just weird. And we see that happening in the book of Acts when Philip was in one place and then he wound up in another place. So that's a biblical concept that has happened. And as a matter of fact, I had a dream last night that I say that, that I was in my spirit last night. I had a dream. I, I forgot to mention this. And I, my spirit came out of my body and I, was, I went somewhere else. I, I just couldn't figure it out. I am saying, what is God trying to tell me? Is that going to happen? Who knows? But anyway, getting back to John Ramirez, he said that he, when he was doing that, these people that were assigned to him under his leadership, they would say, we can't get to that place. We can't get to that church. And he would say, why? He says, because that church is prayed up. They're all praying, and it's hard for us to get in. And when it came to certain terms, certain places, certain blocks that were churches, there were some churches that these enemy were able to get in, and there was some churches that the enemy could not get in. So when it comes to your spiritual matron or metron, you have to keep it, govern it, and keep the enemy out of it. You can't give up. You have to keep praying. You keep doing what you keep doing. You don't let down your watch. You have a fort, and if you have a fort, there's always a 24/7. Somebody's watching. I'm not saying you have to be a 24/7, but still, and all, there's a time when you are awake. You can say keep. Every day praying, Lord, keep this place sanctified, keep this place holy, keep these people in check. You see, you're governing, you're, you're, you're keeping your metron in check. You see, your your ministry, your metron is your ministry, and your ministry is your metron, and that's how you guard it. You constantly guard it, and that's why it's important to get people on board to pray for our ministries, so we continually to guard it, be guarded, and protect it. You see? And then what we do, we tend it. We tend it. As we see here, as we said, we serve, we work as an act of virtue. We cultivate and we develop it. Cultivate and develop it. You take your Metron and you have to continue cultivate and develop it. You see? You can't just have a ministry and not cultivate it. You can't have a ministry if you're not developing. It's like an act of construction. You're constantly digging out, taking out, putting things in, taking things out. Listen, God is always doing something new. He's never the same. He's not staying stagnant. He's always moving on to do new things in your life, my life, off Metron, off spiritual territory. A, um, a territory does not stay the same, it changes. Why does it change, Apostle? Because different principalities come and they go. Different principalities come and they go. Different people come and they go. And when they come and they go, There are different things that we need to pray for, different things we need to intercede for, different things we need to fast for, different things we need to worship God and give God glory for. It doesn't stay the same. It doesn't stay the same. Now, let's look at more here. Adam was given responsibility to cultivate his servants as a representative of God and to bring a flow of the life and creativity of God to heaven, to earth. Adam was also required to protect his territory from destruction and invasion by an enemy. Adam failed in governing. He became silent and passive in the presence of a spiritual enemy. Genesis 3 and 6. I'll read the verse for you. Genesis 3 and 6. It says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat it, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And he did eat. Let me read in the Amplified. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a, delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise and insightful, she took some of its fruit and ate it, and she also gave to her husband with her and he ate, okay, so Adam dropped the ball, and you know what happened. You know the consequences of him what happened when he dropped the ball unfortunately we're at we're all men now are all born in sin because as the Bible says, uh, sin passed down from Adam to us. Men and women are born in sin, they just don't know it. people think they they got it all together, but they don 't realize they're born in sin because their mothers mother and father, which is all of our mothers and father, Adam and Eve, sinned. They were the first sinners. Okay, so the consequences of, for failure to govern. Let's look at this. The consequences for failure to govern. Adam's failure to govern and to exercise spiritual authority had devastating consequences. Here they go. Number one, broken relationships. He damaged his spiritual authority with God and his wife. Genesis 3, 7 through 12. Number two, loss of spiritual authority. Loss of spiritual authority. He lost his spiritual authority and yielded it to Satan. Luke chapter 4, verse 6. Luke chapter 4, verse 6 is the story of Jesus when he's confronted by Satan. And Satan tells him, all this has been given to me. Everything he told Jesus, if you will just worship me, I will give you all these things. He's pointing to the earth. Why? How come you have it? This is before the cross. After the cross, he took the keys away from Satan. He took all his power. He stripped them. He stripped them to the strip. And it says on the cross, Jesus took it all away from the Colossians. He stripped them. He took all his power, all his authority. But still in all, Adam lost his spiritual authority and yielded it to Satan. And sometimes people do the same thing. Christians take their spiritual authority, and they yield it. They give it up. When God says, I've given you the authority, not him. But the enemy wants to say, no, i got authority here. No, the devil is alive because he doesn't have authority there. You have authority. I have authority. He needs to hit the road. He needs to go. You see? So that's what happened here, again, with Luke chapter 4, verse 6. Number three, oppression and sickness. Those are the consequences for failure to govern. Oppression and sickness He became oppressed by Satan Using the authority he had observed Ephesians 2, 1 and 2 I'm going to read that verse Ephesians 2, 1 and 2 Ephesians 2, 1 and 2 And you hath he quickened Who were dead in trespasses and sins Wherewith in times past ye walked According to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit thou not worketh in the children of disobedience. Powerful verse. The Amplified says it like this, And you, he made alive when you, were spiritually dead, and separated from him because of your transgressions and sins in which you once walked, you were following the ways of this world, watch this, influence, by this present age, in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan, the spirit who is not at work in the disobedient, the unbelieving, who fight against the purpose of God. The, other people, the unbelieving people are working in that spirit. You see? And sometimes we get upset with people because they don't, look, they don't, they don't respond to the gospel. They don't, they're not nice. They reject it. They mimic us, they curse us, they make fun of us, they're not on board with us, they're rude, obnoxious. Why? Because they're following the prince of, this, of the power of the air, and they're following the ways of this world. They're influenced by this present evil age. So again, oppression and sickness is a powerful thing. Number four, generational problems and curses generational problems and curses. The negative consequences of his failure had general impact. Romans 5, 12. I'll read that one. Where, where, wherefore, as, one, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death has passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Look at it in Amplified. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. So death spread to all people; no one being able to stop it or escape its power, because all have sinned. No one is able, being able to stop it or escape its power. You see, it's it's not an easy thing to perform and healing and deliverance is not easy. I'm not going to turn. I'm not going to say here fifty four and say it's an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. Because you're dealing with a lot of power and spiritual powers and forces. Just because you have the power, you have the authority, it doesn't mean the devil's not going to give you a fight. He is going to fight you. How many times we see seen people being delivered and they tell them, come out, and the devil says, no, I'm not going. He's not gonna, he doesn't want to go, but he has to go. But sometimes an exorcism can take anywhere from five minutes to five hours. Yes, indeed. It depends on the strength of the enemy, the demon or devil that's in that person. It depends on there's many other resonating in that person's spirit. It could be one. It could be 101. We don't know. This is the reason why we have to make sure we identify these these spirits in the person. Who are you? How many generations you go back? What is your name? Where you come from? And they begin to tell you these things. And they don't want to tell you the beginning. So I command you in the name of Jesus. Tell me your name. I command you. Where you come from? I come from here. You know, and they will try to try to intimidate you and try to scare you with their hostile voice. But we're not afraid of that either. Look at the key verse. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 is in your notes 12 through 17 and verse 26. It says, Therefore he said, A certain nobleman, this is Jesus speaking went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered them ten minas, and said to them, Do business till I come. And King James says, Occupy. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We will not have this man reign over us. And so it was when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants, to whom he had given the money, to be called into him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, you have authority over ten cities. Verse 26, For I say to you that everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. I didn't say that. Jesus Christ did. You see? Now look at some insights here. The nobleman, according to the text, going into a foreign country, verse 12, is Jesus Christ himself. The servants of the nobleman are believers in Christ. Every believer is a servant of the Lord entrusted to advance the kingdom of God. God expects every believer to be productive. Hello? Verse 13. That means too. It is our responsibility to use our talents and abilities to establish order and become productive within our territory. I'm using our because I'm including myself in this. I'm not trying to preach down to anyone. I'm just I'm here too to learn. It is your responsibility to use your talents and abilities to establish order and become productive within your territory. At the coming of the Lord, every believer is called to give an account to him of how productive they have been. Verse 15. Servants who have been productive will be commended and rewarded with increased responsibility and authority. That's very important to understand, verse 17. Servants who have been productive will be commended and rewarded with increased responsibility and authority. You see? That is powerful. When it comes to your ministry and, you are, you're, you're, you will be, and you're being productive in your ministry, God will commend you, God will reward you, and God will rescu- increase your responsibility That he assigned you, not men, that he's assigned you and with full authority. Whoa, baby. Hold on. Sorry about that. got to mute my phone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next. Servants who have failed to be productive will be rebuked and experience loss, opportunity, and authority. Uh oh. Servants who have been failed to be productive will be rebuked and experience loss of opportunity and authority. Verse 26, that's why you see some men and women of God, they are no longer in churches. They've been either demoted or they're gone Because they're not there, they're not being productive, and they're not moving the kingdom of God. They're there for other reasons. Who knows what they are? Notice that God takes pleasure in and rewards faith, initiative, and perseverance. Let's finish up here with these final Final thoughts Governing your spiritual territory Here we go Hold your territory in your heart in prayer Philippians 1, 6 and 7 Paul held the Philippians in his heart in prayer I mentioned this earlier He was confident that the Spirit of God would continue to move upon them Because he held them in his heart in prayer To hold someone or something in your heart You must welcome and embrace them in prayer And assume responsibility to do what God has entrusted you to do Hurts, difficulties, disappointments, distractions, and passivity can cause us to let people and responsibilities go out of our heart. When we draw back and fall, fail to engage, spiritual forces enter and operate. That's very, very important that you understand that. When we draw back and fail to engage, engage spiritual forces enter and operate. The enemy is looking you, for you to retreat from the battle. He wants you to give up, throwing the white flag, so that he can take over the territory that God has given you, the metron, he has, God has given to you. The enemy doesn't have a, any, nothing to do with it. As long as it's your territory where God is signed you to operate in healing and deliverance, then you have to go in there and do it. But the enemy doesn't want you to do it, so again, he wants you to fail, to, he wants you to fail so, so that he can operate, so he can take over. He wants that, because when you walk into a certain situation, you're taking over, you're governing, and you're going to say, nope, God has given me authority, you need to go. He doesn't want to do that. So we need to seek direction from the Holy Spirit, as we see in John 16, 13. And finally, is the work of the Holy Spirit to give direction and guidance, As for his help, wisdom, understanding, expect a response. Also, develop a clear vision, a picture of what is possible. Proverbs Twenty-nine and thirteen. I'm going to quickly look at that. Proverbs twenty-nine and thirteen. Oh, actually, eighteen. I'm not sorry. Proverbs twenty-nine and eighteen. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that of the Lord, happy is he. The Amplified says it this way: Where there is no vision, no revelation of God in His Word, people are unrestrained, unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. Okay. Use your imagination to see the possibilities for your territory. Be original, creative, your territory is unique, and so are you. Search the word of God for promise to take hold of, as we've seen in Exodus 23:30, Write down some specific goals that you focus your attention and give vision substance. Arise in your spirit and use your voice to, as we've seen in Hebrews 11 and 11:3. I'll read that. Because I'm right here, at my computer is very easy to turn to. Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are not seen were seen were not made of things which do appear. So do opposing spirits decree that they are subject to you, forbid their operation. Speak the word of God, decree God's word and promises over your territory. Decree God's word and promise over your territory. Become physically present and actively engaged. I like that. Become physically present, if you can, and be actively engaged. In order to have dominion with your territory, you have to demonstrate you, your presence. Your presence. Your territory must know you are there. You cannot be hidden and exert authority. Actively and continually engage in cultivating and develop your, your authority, your territory. When working with people, you have to build their trust before you can have access into their lives. You have, they have to trust you. You have to let people trust you before they, you work in their lives. Not everybody's going to open the door to you, but you have to develop that rapport. Don't try to do things, too, don't do things uh, prematurely But wait on God. That's my thought. And persevere, finally. Don't yield with unexpected difficulties or resistance. Arise. And the um, final, final verse is from Hebrews 10 in verse 36 and I'll read that for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God ye might receive the promise and the Amplified says for you have have need of patience endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising oh my Lord so that when you have carry out the will of God you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised again for you have need of patient endurance To bear up under difficult circumstances Without compromising That's what it basically means When it talks about patient endurance The word patient endurance What the Amplified Bible is basically telling us Is patient endurance is what? To bear up under difficult circumstances Without compromising And what we see what's going on In many of our Christian circles That people are compromising Under certain difficult Circumstances, and you got to stick to your guns. You got to follow the diagram. You got to follow this diagram, which is the Word of God. You got to follow what God is telling you. You got to be led by the Spirit. No matter how bad it looks, no matter how it looks around you, whatever people are saying, God has given you that spiritual authority. God has given you that matron. God is giving you that ministry. You have been assigned. You have been called. You are in the territory. You're able to operate now in healing and deliverance. So do it without any compromise. Compromising is trying, to, you know, let's, let's give a little, take a little. No, the devil is a lie. We don't give a little, take a little. We stand firm in the faith. We stand firm on the word of God. And we know God is going to establish everything that he's accomplished. Amen? Well, amen, amen. That's it for today. Praise God. Now you can unmute your phones if you like. If you want to discuss something really quick, you're more than welcome Bring it up. Praise God. Anybody want to bring up anything? Nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed giving it. Yeah. Amen.
0: That was awesome. That was awesome. Thank Praise you. God.
1: Praise God. All right. So if any questions, please. Ask them now. now then we'll, we will conclude from our session. Um, I we're have gonna, a question. Go ahead, Sister Crystal
0: Um, I had heard before of the, the Matrix, about the Metron, about how we have, uh, you know, a level of authority um, over our region. Can it be – I've heard a lot of people that They have like backlash and a attack. Is it because they cross that boundary of the um, the metron that they have? I don't think they step into a a place where they're not authorized, and they, the the are like against stepping out of them is possible.
1: You unfortunately you're coming in and out, and you have a big echo, so I really can't hear you.
0: I'm hearing an echo. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, I can't hear you, and it's just like in and out. So maybe we can address it um, later. Yes. I'm not sure, okay. but I, I can't hear you. you Want to try try again?
0: Yeah. Do you still hear that echo?
1: A little, because it's probably you're probably next to the screen.
0: Oh, because I'm on just on my phone. Wait.
1: All right. Go ahead.
0: What I was asking Wimpy
1: you like, so oh, okay, Later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, got
0: some, got a lot of notes there, Tony. I know I'm just trying to see if I have a question. I thought I remember you I heard you say something about um you have to stay where you are, where you belong because your anointing is not for that um for that place where you yeah. call, yeah, I remember going to a bible study um well, it was a a speaking event, and I went to speak, but I felt. Uncomfortable because first of all, I just felt like I was going on self. You're going <laughs> um, on, what? I on self, you know. I don't feel like I was called to be there in the first place, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, but I went because I was asked. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that's why I, I was feeling like uncomfortable and unsure, and like I just yeah. didn't belong there, you know. Yeah,
1: you see, that was the Holy Ghost. You see, everything I've just said is a confirmation what you're telling me. Wow. So it. It was a con- you just, what you're doing, you're confirming what God has said through the, through the session. So whenever we feel that way, we know that it's not the place to be. We're there in the flesh. We're not there in the spirit. And right. who knows what can happen. Uh, no. It could work for us. It may work against us. We, we, or we right. won't know until we get ourselves in that thing. And, and I,
0: that was out. actually my first time even trying to speak, so I really did feel uncomfortable in the first place, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was going to go because I was trying to please somebody else to help her out, but now I know better.
1: Amen. <laughs> so thank Praise you. Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah. All right. Who
1: else? Come on, Chris. I haven't given up on you yet.
0: <laughs> I know. I just hate the echo. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, I still so hear Vita, you have anything? Oh, no. Are you good? I'm good. <laughs> all right. All right, so, all right. Uh, Tony, you can close, because cause, uh, Crystal has an echo. She might echo us out the door, so let's close. If you can close us okay. out, please. I'll
0: close us
1: out. And we'll, we'll finish. We'll pick it up. Um. Tuesday. I already started on the session a little bit. You got a preview. Uh, Last time I went a little ahead of myself, but that's okay because that session is really long. And it's a good thing I did do that because uh, I will review it again, but that session is going to be long. So it's a good thing I did do that. So we'll we'll review it a little bit next week and then we'll keep going for the remaining of the week because it's a powerful session. You're going to see. Okay. Amen. amen.
0: Amen. All right. Until the next time, we'll see. All right. God, sister, you can close us out. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this word that has gone forth from our uh, apostles' mouth. We thank you, Father God, that our, uh, that our hearts have been enlightened and that uh, the words that he's spoken will uh, will manifest and be confirmed in our, in our going. We ask, Father God, that you just bless us as we um, go on through our week. And I'm um, in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you. All righty. God bless you. And we'll I'll see you next week. I'll see you on Facebook.
0: Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right.
1: God bless you guys. Thank you for All right. being Bye-bye. here. Bye bye. Bye bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Uh In my dentist's office.